But I don't see the recording. I'll do it. Hey, we're coming to the end of the book of Bamidbar. And of course, it's also the beginning of the book of Devarim, which is very important. You know, the parasha of Devarim always comes before Tisha B'Av. So we are deeply involved with the three weeks at Devarim and Tisha B'Av. But we're going to try to just finish the book of Bamidbar today. Now, as an assumption, I tell you that the book of Bamidbar ends at the end of the book of at the end of the parasha of Pinchas, the end of the parasha of Pinchas, and the last uh, the last pasuk, the last pasuk in the parasha of Pinchas, is the first pasuk written on Yeshit Vayomer Moshe Bnei Yisrael Kachol Moshe. Moshe spoke to Bnei Yisrael. As Hashem spoke to him. As Hashem spoke to him. Now this is called, this is called, if I, if I wanted you to look it up, I would say, Bamidbar, Perik Lamed, Posuk Aleph. But the next parsha, the day, and the next parsha begins, Perik Lamed, Posuk Bet. So you have an interesting case where the parsha Tashavua begins with Pesach Bet, where you would think it would start from Pesach Aleph. Well, you know, Aleph is usually the beginning of a new topic. But no, it starts from Pesach Bet. It starts from Pesach Bet. Now, we also know that the Parshiyot, the division of the Torah into Parshiyot, uh, Parshiyot refers to Samach and Pei, that's how they're recognizable in most Tanakhim. Samach means Stuma, that it's like a, not a very serious Parsha division. And Pei means Ptucha, a more serious Parsha division. Those Parshiyot, which if you look in a Sefer Torah, are graphically represented by spaces. A smaller space is stuma, and a bigger space is ptucha. So stuma represents like a new chapter, and ptucha represents an entirely new topic, right? More, more or less. So you have a situation. You have a situation. I hope it's not uh, that you realize what's happening. That the last pasuk, the last pasuk in the, the last pasuk of the parsha of Pinchas, right? The pasuk that we, the parsha that we read last week, last week on Shabbat. The last pasuk is Vayoma Moshe Bnei Yisrael Bechol Asher Tziva Hashem Et Moshe. That's that's the end. And when you say Vayidaber Moshe Bnei Yisrael, you could either mean he finished or he's just getting started. But in this case, there's no doubt that we have to say that he finished, that Moshe Rabbeinu finished, because 
the beginning, the next pasuk, which is listed as pasuk bet, begins by the ve Moshe Rashi Matot El Moshe Matot. Right, the ve Moshe Moshe Matot means a beginning to say something to that because he just there's no no way to do it, no way, no other way to do it. So that's the parsha divider. If, if I'm looking in the Kumish, after the parsha, there's after pasuk Aleph, there's a pay. It doesn't not in this uh, in, in what I have printed on the computer, but there should be a pay. That's because that's pasuk Aleph, and then the first pasuk of the parsha Matot is pasuk Bet by the Ben Moshe Moshe Rashi Matot. There, there it is, Rashi Matot. So according to the Parshiyot, the way we learn the Torah, the end of the book of Babidbar, more or less, is these words, But it's a bit annoying that the next pasuk, which is the first pasuk in Matot, sort of starts in the same way. By the Ben Moshe, Rashi Matot, so Rashi, Rashi deals with this problem. Rashi deals with this problem. I have to look at the Rashi. Pasuk Aleph, Mayome Moshe B'nei Yisrael, which is the last Pasuk in the Pasha Pinchas. Right, I want you to try to follow. I know that it's annoying. Right, last week's Pasha was Pinchas. This week's parsha is Matot Masay, two parshiot, right? Pinchas and Matot. Now I'm going to argue that Pinchas is the last parasha in the book of Bamidbar in, by topic, right? The, the 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 topic of Bamidbar is finished. Now what does Rashi say? Rashi says, "Lahavsika Enyan." Why is there pasuk Aleph? Why is there Pasuk Aleph at the end of the Pasha of Pinchas? At the end of the Pasha of Pinchas, there's a Pasuk Aleph. Very strange. Lavsika Denyan. The Rashi says, whatever happened before that, finished. Debrei Rabbi Ishmael. This was in the Medrash. Rabbi Ishmael said this. You know, Rabbi Ishmael, Rabbi Akiva, they were great uh, uh, deciders. Lefisha Ad Khan. Dvarav shel makom, uparashat nidarim metchelet b'diburosh Moshe. Because Ad Khan, the last pasuk, last pasuk says, "Vayom Moshe b'nei Yisrael asher tzivah shemet Moshe." It says tzivah shemet Moshe, but pasuk pasuk bet, which is the beginning of Matot, says Vayadavet Moshe. There was, was a difference in currency, right? At the end of the parasha Pinchas, it's the end of the things that God told Moshe to teach B'nai Israel. At the beginning of the parasha of Mas A, the beginning of the parasha of Mas B, it's Moshe Rabbeinu speaking by the Ben Moshe Rabbeinu. So there's a difference. There's a difference. That difference means something? We're not sure. But what is Rashi, what is Rashi going to say? Adkan divarab shel makom. Adkan means the parsha pinchas. Divarab shel makom. That's that's God speaking. 
לרב של מקום. ופרשת נדרים מתחילת בדיבורו של משה. Right? These are facts. These are, this is certainly true, which is why we divide it up. We include Pasuk Aleph in the Pasha of Pinchas, and Pasuk Bet is the beginning of the Pasha of Matot, who tzrach lavsik tchila v'lomar. We had to sort of stop after Pinchas, and Israel. That's the beginning of Matot. And the parasha that we're talking about is Nidarim, the parasha of oaths, taking an oath. Because we don't say that, we don't say what Rashi thinks we should say. התחיל דבריו, so אם לא כן, אז נחשוב שתחילת דברי משה רבינו ובני ישראל, דעתו משה רבינו תות בני ישראל, was the נדרים, whereas really the first פסוק, פסוק אלף, looks backwards. These are the things that משה רבינו learned from Hashem about the קורבנות that you bring on the מועדים, פרשת פנחס. And now is another topic. The new topic is Nidarim. The new topic is Nidarim. That's what Rashi says, right? Okay. So, also, there's something that's missing here. You know, say, what? Why do we make such a big to-do about these two psukim? Why is it that the numeric, that the, that the people made up the numbers of the psukim, we were not Jewish, apparently, Perik Lamed, Posuk Aleph, is included, it sounds like it's something new. It's a new, it's a new Perik. New Perik means something new. They say, no, the, the other people, like the, the people who made the numbers of the Prakim and the numbers of Sukim, they say, no, this is the beginning. It begins with Pasuk Aleph. Pasuk Aleph is not the last Pasuk of Pinchas, according to that numbering, but it's the first Pasuk of the next parasha, the, the, the Dharm. So, is some kind of reason that there could be a machloket, there could be a difference of opinion about this. Okay, I've annoyed you sufficiently. I want to go on to Pasuk Bet, and we'll come back. Pasuk Bet, Vayedaber Moshe Rashi HaMatot Livnei Yisrael. Let me just get it here, I have it here. Vayedaber Moshe Rashi HaMatot, Rashi HaMatot. The people who are important people, presidents of Shvatim, Libne Yisrael Lemor, speak to Bene Yisrael, Zehadavar Shetziva Hashem. Now we know that Chazal liked that word. What word? Which word is the most likable word in the sentence? In that phrase, Zehadavar Shetziva Hashem. What's what's the word that Chazal liked so much? It was the word Zeh. Zeh means, in Hebrew, even in modern Hebrew, it's the same thing. 
זה is a word of pointing. It's a זה, like, like you, it doesn't have the content of what you're talking about. You have to point at it. זה, it's this cup. It's this book. זה. זה has content, even though you don't always know what the content is. Like, like that. They like that, that if, you know, let's say a person that everybody knows, Zeh Keli Van Veyu. Zeh. So what did Chazal say? That Masherau Hashvachot Alayam Lora Ahi Cheskel Ben Buzi. Zeh. Zeh Keli, they point, they see something. They see it really happening. That's, that's uh, Kriyat Yam Suf. Zeh. But they didn't see only Kriyat Yamsuf, they saw Kaili also. Okay. So that's the second that's the, the second postal. Let's continue. Zehadavar Shatsiva Hashem. Pasukimu is the is the content. Ishkiidor Nether Lashem. There's something called a nether that a nether means I promise, somehow, with God's help, or with God's support, or with God's interest, I promise to do something. Okay. Rashi, all right, we'll look at the Rashi. No, we'll have to do the whole thing. Here. Yoachel de Varo. Rashi explains, Varo, that the word Yoachel, Yudchat Lamed, Take something that is Kodesh, that is sacred, and make it into something that is not sacred. So, of course, that's a terrible thing to do. So, what is Lo Yachel Devaro? He made a nether, should keep it. He shouldn't make a nether and not keep it. Lo Yachel Devaro, he shouldn't turn his decision into, or his suggestion to make a nether, shouldn't turn it into a small thing. Into a small thing. Okay. Now we'll do the Rashi before that. Rashi says, Zehadavar, look at Zehadavar. Let's look at the pasuk again. Right, we said it. Zehadavar pasuk bet, Asher tziva Hashem. Zehadavar Asher tziva Hashem. I'm going to tell you something, which is a divine command. So let's look at the Rashi. Rashi says Zehadavar. See, it's underlined. If you're looking at the computer, it's underlined. Moshe nitnabe. Moshe was in a state of prophecy. He was receiving. Information through prophecy. 
בקול אמר השם כחצות הלילה. משה רבנו received information under the heading in the Torah of Kol Amar Hashem. This is what God said. Not Zeh HaDavar, but Kol Amar Hashem, Bechatzot HaLayla. V'adneviim nitnabu, when other, the lesser prophets, lesser than, than Moshe Rabbeinu, when they had a prophecy, their prophecy was introduced by Kol Amar Hashem. Kol Amar Hashem. And it was the Nevi'im, they, they, they both, they, the Nevi'im nitnabu b'kol amar Hashem. Osif alayhem Moshe, but Moshe had instances where his level of Nevi'ah was much higher. Shenitnabbe b'lashon zeh ha-davar. Zeh ha-davar is the highest because you're pointing to God. It's like, it's like Moshe Rebbe is saying, this is, this is what God said, zeh ha-davar. When you say Ko Amar Hashem, it's as though you are, you, the Nusach is your own. Right? The Nevi'im, Nevi'im, the, the Gemara says, Ain't Nevi'im, Nitnabim be Lashon Achat. That two, that each Navi has his own way of saying things. But if they got it from Hashem, what has it got to do with how, how each Navi has his way of saying it? Because what they received, what they were able to receive, was not the precise wording. They were able to pre- to receive the idea. Once they received the idea, they put the words out in their their own way of of, of saying things. They had their own way. So what Raji is distinguishing between. Uh, uh, between Moshe Rabbeinu. And the other Nevi'im, right? They said, Nevi'im nitabu b'kol amar Hashem, musafa alayhem Moshe, shenitnabay b'lashon zeh ha-davar. Zeh ha-davar. So that this was a very serious event. The Nevi'im that was made about, the Nevi'im that was made about the Nidarim. Even though it's a little hard to understand, because let's say you want to make a nether, you're not going to eat an apple. I make a nether, this apple is like trafe for me, not for anybody else. You can do that. You can say the apple is trafe, I'm not going to eat the, ap- the apple. But I cannot eat the apple anyway. What do I need the shvuha for? What is this? What is the. Okay, you could say, as the Gemara even says, that the shvuha sometimes helps you to do something that's hard to do. You make a shvua, so it's like it's like you know if you're on a diet, and the diet tells you to do all kinds of crazy things. So sometimes that's helpful because it keeps you focused on the diet. But uh, but you don't need it. You don't need all those not that nonsense. Basically, a diet is about not eating. So if you have the kayak not to eat, so that's very good. You you don't need to make a shvua. But if you don't have the kayak, you can say you can make a shvua. But there's another reason. And here in this pasuk it says, this parasha, this parasha of Nedarim was a higher level of nevuah for Moshe Rabbeinu than usual. It was something, something special. He said, the Barakher, 
דבר אחר, רש"י says, זה הדבר מיוטו. Perhaps it is an exclusion, right, to exclude something. לומר שהחכם בלשון התרה ובעל בלשון הפרה. כלשון הכתוב כאן, there's a distinction between a nether for a woman and a nether for a man, ואם חלפו אין מותר ואין מופר. אוקיי, let's leave out the דבר אחר. It's not, not the, essential, the essential issue כאן. אוקיי, זה הדבר. One more Rashi. Okay, so now uh, let me see first if I can if I can make sense out of all of this. The book of Bamidbar, which I say ends at the end of the parasha of Pinchas, which is an idea that was developed in an interesting way by the Hamek Dabar, which I've talked about on other occasions. But if you don't remember, you could look at the introduction to uh, the Ha-Mek Davar Ba-Midbar, the introduction of the Ha-Mek Davar Ba-Midbar explains why it's reasonable to say that the Torah ends, the book of Ba-Midbar actually ends with the parasha of, of Pinchas. Now, what is the book of Ba-Midbar about? The book of Ba-Midbar is about things that happened to Moshe Rabbeinu in the desert. And uh, especially, especially tells us that Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't always on top of things. That people came to complain to Moshe Rabbeinu. He didn't know, he didn't know uh, what to answer. We know that uh, people came and they complained about water. And it was a fairly common thing that they weren't so... They, they were getting the, the, the problem B'nai Israel had, as I have explained. The problem that Israel had was that everything was a miracle in the desert. So you'd think that everything's a miracle and couldn't be better. I mean, what's, uh, what sort of better existence could you have than living a miracle? But no, B'nai Yisrael were not happy. They were not happy about the, the man. They were not happy about there was no meat. They wanted meat. Well, what's wrong with the man? The Gemara says that the man tasted like anything you wanted it to taste like. And didn't cause any difficulties in digestion. It was totally miraculous eating it. The well of Miriam provided either water or Pepsi Max. Whatever it was that you thought you wanted to drink, that's what you drank. So why was it that they complained all the time? Why did B'nai Yisrael complain? So the answer, I think, is that, you know, when you live in a, a miracle, you never know. What's going to be tomorrow? If you live in regular, like, you know, in the olden times, people were looking for a place to live, so they built their homes near the source of water. And they knew that the water would always be there because it always been there. They didn't have to worry about tomorrow. But people who lived a miracle, they lived in a miracle, they, they had a problem. 
because they had to depend on a Kaddish Baruch Hu. They had to say, we know that it's going to be there tomorrow. But they didn't have that kind of fortitude. They weren't strong in that way. So B'nai Yisrael complained. And when they said, we remember the the watermelons and the squashes that we had in, in, in Mitzrayim, it's not a specific statement about watermelons. It's rather that we we were confident that the source of food was there tomorrow just as it was there today. In the desert, they didn't see the source of the food. It was a miracle. They got up Friday morning and there was man on the ground. They went and they collected it. They collected enough for Friday and Shabbos. So that was what they had. And then it disappeared again. So uh, Sunday became like a day of anticipation. You think it'll be man? You think the neighbors could talk to each other? You think it'll still work? You think Moshe Rabbeinu has, still has power? That was a problem that B'nai Israel had. And as a result, they complained. They complained, where's the water? Where's the meat? Where's the, where are the things we are used to? Which meant not the, uh, the item itself. They were also in the desert. You know, they were in the desert. And in the desert, you you couldn't buy anything. There was no alternate source of uh, of uh, food. There were no vegetables in the vegetable market in the in the area. When they wanted to go uh, through the land of Sichon and Og, they didn't want them to go through it. They didn't want to let them go. So Bnei Israel had this very very uh, limited vision of themselves. And they also, they also weren't sure about Moshe Rabbeinu. Would Moshe Rabbeinu have this power forever? Would it always be the same? And furthermore, what would happen if Moshe Rabbeinu died? What would happen when Moshe Rabbeinu was? So this reminds us, of course, of the argument between Yitro and Moshe Rabbeinu. Yitro came and said, you're crazy. You're working all day and all night, and I mean, it's impossible. So Moshe, Moshe said to Yidri, I know that. I know that if I appointed people to help me, I would be better off. But B'nai Yisrael, now they come to me. They ask me a shayla. I, I check it out with heaven, and I get a perfect answer. So why, how can I give that up? So Yitro said, Nabol Tibol, you'll, do, you, you'll be done away with. And they will be done away with. Because after you die, Moshe Rabbeinu, the people will say, people will say, what do we do? There's no Moshe Rabbeinu. You have to understand that people went from the leadership of Moshe Rabbeinu to the leadership of Yeshua Ben-Nun. Now, Yeshua Ben-Nun may have been a general. He may have been good at what he did. He was certainly understanding of people. He was no Moshe Rabbeinu. But Yeshua Ben-Nun did not give us the Torah. So that the whole book of Bamidbar, this is what I mean to say, the whole book of Bamidbar is about finding fault with Moshe Rabbeinu. Now that, of course, was in itself a bad thing, but it produced a good result. And that good result was that people understood that you have to be able to live without Moshe Rabbeinu. You can't say that everything is controlled by Moshe Rabbeinu, and therefore we are who we are. Because Moshe Rabbeinu is going to die. And he's going to die before you go into Eretz Canaan. 
is going to die someplace in the in the wilds of the of the, of Moab. He's not going to die in Eretz Yisrael. He's not going to take you in. He's not going to lead you in. And that also explains, you know, in the parish of Etchanan, Moshe Rabbeinu asked HaKadosh Baruch for, for for mercy. What did it, do, what did it mean? My Moshe Rabbeinu didn't know that, that, that more about God than anybody else. Didn't know that God said you're going to get a specific punishment, that you're going to get a, that specific punishment. Of course he knew. Of course he knew, but he thought that the situation had changed. He was willing to give up leadership, willing to give up priesthood. He was willing to give, just to come to Eretz Israel to see what it was like. So HaKadosh Baruch allowed him to see, but not to be. Right? Not the Zo. The Zo was not one of his... Uh... So, the parasha of Pinchas which begins last week's parasha, right? The parasha of Pinchas begins with counting B'nai Yisrael. And counting B'nai Yisrael is important for Chalupat Eretz Yisrael, for determining how much of the Eretz Yisrael goes to each tribe. Because each family received the same allotment, a family coming out of the tribe. And therefore, if you count them, you'll know how to divide up the land, more or less. A little more complicated, but that's really what, what was happening, right? That was what was, was happening. So we go, we go uh, uh, over it again. Pasuk Aleph, at the end of Parsha Pinchas, is the summarizing Pasuk. Summarizing Pasuk in, uh, one second, let me just get it back up here. That's the end. Pasuk Aleph is the end of the Book of Bamidbar. So what is added on to the Book of Bamidbar? What's added on to the Book of Bamidbar is Pasuk Bet, Zehadavar Hashem. Zehadavar, as it says, exalted Nevuah. Right, the Rambam ready speaks about a great length of the Moran Nebuchim. Nebuah has levels. The highest level, the unique Nebuah, was the Nebuah of Moshe Rabbeinu. Zehadavar. Right? Zehadavar. In other words, Moshe Rabbeinu is letting them in on something of great importance. And what is that thing of great importance? Nedarim. That you could say, I, I make a nether, I call upon God as my witness that I'm not going to eat an apple. So that's the Zehadavar. That's the Zehadavar. So it seems to me what B'nai Israel learned on the eve, what was extra, what was beyond Pinchas. Pinchas was Yeshuv Eretz Israel. Like, where, who is going to get how much territory? In Eretz Yisrael, that's Yishuv, that's Yishuv Eretz Yisrael, and that's Pinchas. Pinchas is finished. What's left? What does God have to say to B'nai Yisrael? What's the last words that HaKadosh Baruch has to give to B'nai Yisrael? Nidarim. Nidarim, the topic of oaths. Now, what's a, a, a nether? A nether is the power of speech. You can 
from Lo Yachel Devarav, right? Lo Yachel Devarav, don't make your words into fall, into things of no significance. There's, even though B'nai Yisrael, in the entire book of Bamidbar, learned that you don't need Moshe Rabbeinu, that you don't need Moshe Rabbeinu, but we have it within ourselves to achieve great heights because, because Vayoma Hashem, Vayom Elohim, Yehi Or, Vayhi Or. When God created the world, God created the world with speech. He said the words. The words produce the result. Vayom Elohim, Yehi Or. God said, Yehi Or. Why God say Yehi Or? Because that's how the world was created. It was created with speech. The speech made the light. The light was the world, the world, the created world. So it's like a Kodesh Bola says to Israel, you're not going to have Moshe Rabbeinu with you to lead you to the light, but you will, each of you, realize that you have the power to make things, to take things in the category of cooling like an apple and make it Kodesh like, a nether, like after a nether. And that was kind of the optimistic moment that HaKadosh Baruch Hu added on, added on to the, uh, the parasha of Pinchas. I mean, it's called Matot, but it's the add-on to the parasha of, of Pinchas. Have a good Shabbos. All the best. <laughs> Thank you, Rabbi. Good Shabbos. Thank you, Rabbi. Good Shabbos. Good Shabbos. Good Shabbos.